Welcome to episode 12 of the Revolution Podcast, where I, your host Ryan, sit down with industry experts to discuss the latest trends in e-mobility, clean tech, and the future of transportation. Today I'm joined by Tanya Spey, Partnerships and PR Manager at the Vattenfall Solar Team, a team consisting of 17 students at the Delft University of Technology. The team builds the world's fastest solar cars and has brought home several world championships at the World Solar Challenge in Australia. Their goal is to inspire people and show the world what is possible with green energy and innovation. Into the episode we go. Thank you for joining the podcast, Tanya. It would be great to start with an introduction of yourself and then also the Vattenfall Solar Team. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a student at the Delft University of Technology, and I just finished my bachelor's in mechanical engineering. And I wanted to have a gap year before starting my master's because I did not know what direction I wanted to go in yet. And I just felt like doing something completely different from studying. So that's when I came across the Vattenfall Solar Team. Um, yeah, and I just got so enthusiastic speaking to these people, getting to know about the projects that I applied pretty impulsively. Um, but I felt such a strong vibe with them and everyone was so motivated for one and the same goal. Um, luckily, I got through the application procedure. So now I'm here. Yeah, and I actually chose to apply for discipline that has nothing to do with my studies, really because I wanted to learn completely new skills. So my role within the team is now that I'm responsible for partnerships, uh, PR, events, et cetera. So basically all external relations and nothing uh, mechanical actually. Great, thanks for the introduction. And is the team exclusively TU Delft students? Yeah, so it's not a requirement to uh, be a student of the TU Delft, but since the team is in Delft, um, you see that mostly people of the Delft University of Technology apply for the team. Um, but last year, there was also someone who studied just in a completely different city and he heard about the team and got so enthusiastic that he applied as well. So, um, yeah, everything's possible, really. Cool. And delving into the naming of the team, it is clear that Vattenfall are a main sponsor and heavily invested in the team. For our listeners who do not know, Vattenfall are a Swedish multinational power company generating power in Sweden, Denmark, Finland, Germany, the Netherlands and the United Kingdom. So how did the team originate? Well, it's actually quite a fun story how the Vattenfall Solar Team started out over 20 years ago, uh, which was, by the way, called New Solar Team at the time. Um, yeah, back then, a group of students watched the movie called Raise the Sun, which is mm. about the World Solar Challenge. And they were fascinated by it, and they got inspired to build their own solar car. Uh, so the students went to the house of Wibbo Okkels, which is the first ever Dutch astronaut, to ask him if he wanted to be the team's advisor. And their idea was to basically, well, cobble together a car with some solar cells on it, uh, which, uh, with which they would then compete in the World Solar Challenge. And if it fell apart, they would just go surfing on the Australian coast. But then Wibbo told them, uh, oh boys, I'm only in if we are going to win this race. And from then on, they took the project very seriously and they got the best students on board and asked companies for support. And that's also when Nuon came into the picture because they eventually made the realization of the project possible uh, financially. And they were a perfect fit to the team as their goal has always been to um, live fossil free within one generation. And that's still a slogan of Vattenfall since Nuon has been rebranded into Vattenfall. And eventually only two years after the first idea popped up, um, they crossed the finish line first at the World Solar Challenge. Um, so yeah, that's quite an achievement. And do you think the environmental concern was part of the original inspiration or has this become more significant in recent years? 
Um, yeah, yeah. Right now, it's especially is because when it started out, uh, those first boys were especially fascinated just by the race itself. And um, yeah, like I said, they wanted to cobble a car together and just start the race. But then uh, eventually, um, they became pretty successful, and a new team got recruited. And now we're 20 years uh, further, and we really see a change in the world that there is more and more need for sustainability. Um, well, because it just goes in the wrong direction otherwise. So right now we are even more even more motivated to make a change in the world because we also see it actually is possible because the cars look more and more realistic every time and they become better and better. Um, yeah, and the race itself is a race of 3000 kilometers. That is a lot. And we, we ride it just on solar energy. So you've just alluded to the World Solar Championship there. Let's delve into that now, as that's the main event that the Vattenfall Solar Team competes in. Um, yeah, so in this project at the Vattenfall Solar Team, we uh, build and improve our solar cars, Nuna, and take part in solar race in general. And the most famous one is the Bridgestone World Solar Challenge. Um, but since this race takes place every two years and our um, team has a new team each year, we also compete in other solar races. But upcoming year, my team will be working towards the new edition of the World Solar Challenge, which will be held in October 2021. And for this race, we are designing our Nuna 11, which is our 11th car. Um, well, this race is a 3000 kilometer long race through the Australian outback from Darwin, which is all the way up north to Adelaide, which is in the south. Um, yeah, we have been competing in this race with our car Nuna since 2001 uh, in the so-called challenger class, which basically means that the winner is um, simply the team whose solar car crosses the finish line first. Um, yeah, it's not as that simple because all cars meet all of criteria before they are even allowed to start the race. Um, these are regulations concerning the safety of the car, the maximum amount of square meter solar panel allowed, um, the minimum amount of wheels and a whole lot more. Um, once the race has started, you have about six days to travel those 3000 kilometers. And the thing is, of course, that they are solo cars uh, with not much of a battery. So each day the teams may only race between eight o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon, which means that since we want to take full advantage of our time, um, we stop our car exactly at five and then set up all our tents exactly at that spot alongside the road. And that's also where we may continue the race the next morning. Um, yeah, and in this challenger class, the past few races, about 30 teams competed. And it always is a very exciting race. Uh, I mean, to the very last moment even, because all cars are getting better and better. And sometimes it's such a close call. Like you have to imagine it takes five days for the fast solar cars to finish. And the difference between the first and the second place can get as small as two or three minutes. And it really comes down to a solar car being just one kilogram heavier or lighter than the other one. And it also really shows at what level of innovation or at what, what boundaries of technology all those teams are really working at. Because you have to come up with something completely new that has never been done before and take risks if you want to even stand a chance at becoming first place. Um, but on the other side, it also means that there are always things on the car that do not completely work like you expect them to. And chance, chances are that during the race, you have to stop the car because something broke and you have to repair it. Um, well, full of adrenaline because time is ticking. 
or in the worst scenario, the damage is that bad that your car will not be able to drive any further at all. So yeah, that's really in a nutshell what the race is about. Cool. I do think it's important for our listeners to be aware of the race itself. So thanks for the explanation. So there have obviously been several iterations of the car. What is the lifespan of each model? Yeah, so the solar, the world solar challenge is every two years, mm-hmm. and we build our car, uh, we build a new car every two years. So okay. right now our team uh, consists for twenty years, has been existing for twenty years, and we build our eleventh car. Um, and we we have to do so because the regulations change every version of the solar challenge, and there are even big changes in the regulations every four years. And that's also a year that we will be working in. So upcoming year, our car will look completely different from the cars of last year because there are regulations regarding the amount of wheels you can use, um, the amount of square meter solar panel, um, and there are just restrictions to the size and the overall shape of the car. And they do that to, um, well, to make people more innovative in their cars because if they don't change regulations, people will just copy each other more and more and the whole innovative ex- the innovative aspects will yeah will just go away, so it's really important that those regulation changes um, yeah keep. And my guess is you have quite a large team behind such a innovative and large project. We are um, with seventeen people in our team, and that's because we are building a new car. And in the years in between, we are with ten people. Yeah, so our team consists of people from all different study backgrounds. Yeah, all the, most of them are tech, technical, such as aerospace engineering, chemical engineering, or applied physics, but you can apply for any position in the team uh, what you like. So every year there are two or three of us in management, uh, three marketing partnerships, and I'm one of them for this year. Um, yeah, and the year that the whole new car is going to be built, we have about 10 people in the, what we call it, tech team. And in the other years, there are about four of them because lead hands are needed since they can use the complete body of the newest built car and just improve it by adding new technologies concerning the electrical and mechanical parts of the car. And this tech team uh, consists of uh, well, three aero boys, as we call it, that work full time right now on the aerodynamics of our uh, Nuna 11. Um, and they are just making a lot of slightly different uh, 3D models of our already chosen concepts. And then they use specific programs to calculate its aerodynamic coefficients. And eventually they will determine as accurate as possible how long and how wide our car will be and how our, our, our auto shell of Nuna will look um, yeah, to minimize its drag. And then we have two people on structures and they are responsible for all the carbon fiber parts in Nuna. And they will design Nuna as light as possible um, but while maintaining enough strength for the safety of the driver and allowing room for all mechanical and electrical parts that will be built in the car later on. Um, so then we have the mechanical engineers, and there are two mechanical engineers, and they and the steering system of Nina and the suspension of the wheels. And then last but not least, we have three electrical engineers who are responsible for the solar panel and just all electric, par- electric parts within the car in general. Um, so yeah, and as you can imagine, each discipline has its own interest in designing the car in such a way that it's beneficial for them. But in the end, all parts have to be integrated and concessions have to be made in order to make Nuna as efficient in its whole. Um, yeah, I'd like to give an example. You can imagine that our aero engineers want to make the car's outer shape more of a round one 
so that the airflow is least disturbed, whereas our electrical engineers might want to make Nuna stop completely flat so that the solar panels generate as much electricity as possible because they can catch the sun, uh, sun rays even better. Um, yeah, and then there's even one more team member every year who has kind of a special responsibility within the team. And um, that's, yeah, and his main job is to decide our race strategy. So he really likes to say that without him, so without strategy, we can build a perfectly working solar car, maybe even the most efficient one in the world. But in all likelihood, you will not win the race because for that you need a race strategy. And yeah, with that, the optimum speed is calculated at every second of the race, uh, taking into account the amount of clouds coming up in the sky, the angle of the sun, the amount of the wind, um, yeah, etc. So quite a large team with diverse backgrounds. So the next topic I want to discuss is the success of the team and how their abilities have translated to winning. Uh, I think that's an interesting question because I mainly described our, our team um, works technically, but I think the main success of our team is not really that we are just um, the smartest people put together basically, but we are a lot of different personalities um, yeah, who can just work with each other very well because they um, learn to do that. Yeah, and that's also um, where our partners come into the picture because um, well, we do not know a whole lot more than just what we learned in our studies, which we have, yeah, we've been studying for just a few years and do not, do not have a whole lot of experience about working in a team um, or experience in general in building anything technical. And um, yeah, our partners really help us with that because they uh, teach us that a strong team is not just about being the smartest ones, but it's just uh, work together as team um, so, effectively, so effectively as possible. And um, yeah, it's basically just about being able to recognize each other's personalities and character traits and to respect them. So that in the end, we don't get irritated by someone's way of working, um, but we are able to acknowledge it and complement each other. So that as a team, we become even stronger. And we often take personality tests for this, uh, for example, provided by our partner Deloitte, and we, use, we also use this when recruiting our successors who will be in the new team, um, like making sure that we have a very diverse team when it comes to personalities. And we don't have, for example, 17 people who want to uh, dominate a team and they only get in a fight. Um, yeah, so, but it's so as diverse as possible. I agree that diversity and great teamwork is just as important as knowledge and technical ability. So the team has really evolved into the success it is today as seven-time world champions. But I know that with success also comes failure and learnings that can be applied to future competitions. I'd love to hear about that evolution of the team over the years. Yeah, yeah. so we've been racing uh, these solar races for 20 years. Uh, but way in the beginning, the, fun the funny thing is that back then, um, the race was mainly intended for companies to compete in. And the Nuance Solar team was the first student team to participate. Uh, so there were not really a lot of high expectations from just a student team. But what happened is that as a student team, they had a lot more freedom to just go with whatever they thought would work and were not limited by anyone. Also, they worked on the projects just because of their motivation and commitments, whereas the companies just participated out of the spirit of profit making. And what you saw is that in the years after, the company teams quickly disappeared in the solar races and there came more and more student teams. 
Um, yeah, and Wibble Ockels, our team advisor, as I, as I explained before, uh, stayed the advisor of our team and really brought that winning mindset into the team. Uh, our Nuna car two and three and four also crossed the finish line first in the race editions after. Um, yeah, and our, an interesting fact is that our third car, Nuna number three, still is the fastest solo car ever built. And as my sound trains as, as technology has developed and improved so much since then, but it had to do with the regulation of the race because at the time there was no limit for the amount of square meters of solar panels the cars were allowed to use. Um, but however, things went wrong with Nuna uh, 5. Um, they were very, very well prepared and always set for the race. But during testing in Australia, uh, one of Nuna's tires blew out and she just flew off the road. The whole solar car was wrecked and the team worked the hardest they could to fix her in just two weeks time. And eventually they ended up second place, which still is an amazing achievement given the circumstances. And then two years later, Nuna 6 also took second place because there were problems with solar panel. And this really shows that winning um, does not come naturally. And we are working very, very hard every year to get the result that we want to see. Uh, luckily, the successive Nunas took back the championships uh, to our team. But last year uh, was a whole different story, however. Um, it was one of the most exciting races in the history of the World Solar Challenge uh, because there were pretty severe conditions in the Australian Outback. Uh, quite a few cars did not even make it to the finish. And with just 300 kilometers left, our Nuna 10 was in the lead. Um, when our driver uh, smelled a burning scent and he decided to stop the car immediately, which was a very tough and tricky decision as the next solo car was only three minutes behind us. And he got quickly out of the car and just a few minutes later, Nuna 10 had burned down completely and all there was left were some ashes and her license plates. And this definitely again showed that success in this world of solar racing is not at all easy. Um, but, and ironically, the burning down of Nuna 10 is one of our proudest moments as well in a whole different way. Because, as you might imagine, becoming world champion many times in a row uh, does take away a little bit of the spark and the uniqueness to finishing first, especially for people that have been following us for many years. And when Nina 10 ended up in a way nobody could have imagined, it was terrible, of course. But on the other side, it was amazing to see how the team, wilt, uh, how the team dealt with such a big setback. The most important thing was, of course, that everybody was safe. And the team decided to cross the finish line, walking, um, cheering, jumping with so much joy and such a big smile on their face. And that definitely showed so much resilience that nobody had seen in the team before. So I think that's a great example of, um, yeah, we, we don't see ourselves as real winners, but we just try to look for the boundaries of technology. And it may go wrong at some point, and it did. But the most important thing was everybody was safe and they really know they uh, took everything out of the project and it's just the risk that belongs to that. I do really appreciate that you've acknowledged the disappointments of the team too, because it clearly has influenced the success that followed. I know that nowadays sponsorships and partnerships play a crucial role in financing the teams, but what else do these partnerships contribute to the team? Yeah, um, that's a really nice question, actually, because all our partners are a lot of value to us. And like you said, that's definitely not just finance-wise. 
Um, so a lot of our partners have been collaborating with us for several years. And this also means that um, our most involved partners know more about our projects because of their experience with it than we do ourselves at the start of our year. Um, this is especially the case with Potterfall, our main sponsor, when each year a new team takes over the project. Potterfall uh, is of just as much help as our alumni or um, ex-team members are. Um, so they really help us get started, especially marketing-wise, as we are technical students ourselves with not much experience in that field. Um, and furthermore, they've joined our team on several races, so they know really well how this all works. But then we also have um, a lot more partners and each and one of them contributes to our success in their own specific way. Uh, often this is about aiming to spread the same message to the world about the possibilities of green energy and innovation. But also they help us a lot by thinking with us about design of our car, providing very specific materials. Um, yeah, or just their expertise in specific, specific fields of, for example, composites, composites or solar energy. Some of our partners have decades of experience and so much expertise in such a field that we ourselves are never, are never able to match with just a few years of studying. So that's where they really come to help. Great. Thanks for providing some amazing insights about the Vattenfall Solar Team. So on to the quickfire questions. The first question I have is in regards to the name Nuna and if there is a reason behind the name of your car. Yeah. Um... Well, to be honest, there is not much of a very interesting story behind this. Uh, it, it gets asked a lot, but it basically is that Potifal, uh, before called Nuon, has been our main sponsor since we started out. And we just thought it, thought it was fun to have a name for a solar car, uh, just to make it more easier or accessible to talk about her. And that's just how they came up with the name Nuna, as it looks like Nuon. <laughs> Cool. Well, I really like the name personally. Um, and my next question is about the future of solar panels and whether they can be used beyond competitions like the World Solar Challenge. Um, well, yeah, yeah, totally. They're already being used for normal vehicles, actually. Um, yeah, what you see is, is that our team members themselves especially try to make this happen in the world because when the year is over and the race has been ridden, it's not like our mission has been fulfilled and we just stopped chasing the dream to have a zero emission future, so to say. But multiple startups have emerged from ex-solar races. Uh, for example, one of them is Wadlab. Um, they integrate solar panels on mobile applications and their panels are now actually being used all throughout the Netherlands on top of small food delivery trucks. Uh, and another example is Project Lightyear. Uh, we're building a solar car that's actually comparable to a normal car in terms of being able to comfortably transport multiple people because our solar car Nuna is not really comparable to a normal car since it can just transport one people and it's very uncomfortable to ride in. Uh, but Lightyear really tries to, um, tries to make it look more like an actual car that could be on the road in 10 years from now. Amazing, so there are some definite use cases out there. You've already answered my next question in detail, but if you were to summarize the key to your success in just a few words, how would you describe it? Yeah, I think that what makes us such a strong team is that we yeah, we never see ourselves as real winners, if that makes sense, but we just uh, build the world's fastest solar cars with an aim to push the boundaries of technology and to make the world more sustainable. Uh, because we really believe in our mission and that gives us 
our drive and motivates us to work so hard for 60 months and we do not have uh, any perspective of profit. Um, yeah, and with that is also our out of the box thinking and coming up with completely new ideas all the time, uh, working together with a lot of startups whose products are not even on the market yet, for example. Yeah, I agree that the modesty of the team is clearly crucial to your success. So the next question is about your competitors and whether there are some other teams out there really catching up and producing some great cars and teams themselves. Um, yeah, well, that's also an interesting question. Uh, well, every team is getting so much better each year, but I'd say our toughest competitors are uh, Tokai University and our neighboring team, which is from Twente which is a city uh, two hours from here. Um, yeah, because over the past few years, their, their cars performed really well in general. But having said that, last year's edition was won by the Belgian team because our car, as well as Twente's car, uh, did, did not make it to the finish. So each year can, uh, yeah, everything can happen and it can be such a big surprise who comes, who causes the finish first eventually. Yeah, and it must be great to have a rival on your doorstep. Now, I know that our listeners won't necessarily be aware of the range and speed of the solar cars. Would you be able to give some insight? Um, yeah, well, this really differs per NUNA as we build NUNA according to the regulations of the, the race organization. Um, I think the top speed that has been achieved is by NUNA 3, as it contains the most solar panels, because there were back then no limitations to the amount of square meter solar panels. Uh, I'm not sure what its peak was, but I guess it's about 130 kilometers per hour. She rode a race with an average of 103 kilometers per hour. So that's really, really fast. Um, yeah, but I cool. think our latest Nuna uh, cars ride an average of about 90 kilometers per hour. That's really impressive. So we like to finish the podcast by asking our guests if there's anything they'd like to plug. Uh, well, at the moment, we are working really hard on a completely new website also, uh, which we will be launching soon, actually. And you should also really look out for our car presentation in July, as our car design will be completely different from the ones of last year's. And it's going to be very exciting. It's mainly because of uh, some big changes in the regulations for upcoming solar challenge. Uh, yeah, and I should, not be, I should be careful not to spill anything already about it, but um, we, we will show it to the world in July. <laughs> Great. Well, make sure to head to the Vattenfall Solar Team website to stay up to date. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was really a pleasure. It was a pleasure to welcome Tanya for episode 12 of the podcast. The Vattenfall Solar Team is a really inspiring story of a team who have achieved so much success throughout their history, with a team of bright and hardworking individuals who come together as a collective. They also recognize that in order to achieve success, setbacks are necessary in order to learn from mistakes and further motivate the team for more glory. We'll be back for another episode soon. Revolution Digital number three is just 11 days away. Make sure to register at revolutionconference.com.